it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has room. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. Uh, I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we are talking about the safeties. Um, shouldn't take that long just because, first of all, I mean, there aren't a whole lot of them. But also, we talked so much about the different coverages and those sorts of things yesterday that I feel like it's pretty easy just to wrap all of this up in the secondary. Um, also, as I mentioned last night, like I got done with that podcast at like 1.30 in the morning, then had to do the draft podcast at 9 this morning, and then in between I also had to get some running back stuff watched so I knew what I was talking about on that podcast, and uh, I'm tired. I'm tired. It's 5.30 on Friday. I, uh, I'm actually going to a bar after this, which was not the plan. The plan was just to go to sleep, um, maybe watch some basketball, but also go to sleep. But here we are, and this is the world I live in. So, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna knock this out pretty quickly. Cause again, like there, we'll, we'll run through the guys and all that sort of stuff, but there just isn't all that much to say considering how much we said yesterday about the secondary. So, um, I guess we might as well just jump in. Ooh, I should, I guess, also say, um, I'm watching that, uh, the the CU women's lacrosse team. I mean, it's one of those weird things where, like, do you say women because it's the only team, right? There isn't, like, a men's lacrosse team, so if you said CU lacrosse, everybody knows it's women's lacrosse, but also women's lacrosse is, like, a different sport, like, very, very different sport. It's not like basketball where it's all the same. It's not even really the same thing as men's so, uh, the CU's lacrosse team is playing right now and uh they're 
they're up 13 to 9 on Stanford, number 24 in the country. Stanford, as you'd expect in a sport like lacrosse, kind of the powerhouse in the Pac 12. Um, I think the Buffs are just outside the rankings in both the polls, like receiving votes in both the polls. There isn't like one AP poll or whatever that everybody agrees is the poll. Um, so, regardless, in both those polls, if Colorado can beat Stanford today, um, they should be able to beat uh, Cal on Sunday, then they'd almost definitely be ranked uh, next week, which would be a lot of fun. And I haven't looked. I was going to try to get out to this game today. I'm not going to be able to make it Sunday, I don't think. But um, next time they're home, next time they're home, I'm going to try to get out there. Uh, and hopefully you guys can too. But into these safeties. Um, I think the, the first name you have to know is Isaiah Lewis. He's the one senior, the one upperclassman on the roster at safety and he's going to be a factor you know he was somebody who Mel Tucker really didn't have any interest in um he, he wasn't all that involved he wasn't really seen as somebody who was on his way to being uh, a starter anything like that but as soon as the new staff came in they they really took a liking to what Isaiah could do um and uh for the last two years going into the third year now Isaiah Lewis is a starter and, I mean, really one of the the real mainstays on this defense. You know, you look at like a Terrence Lang, a Jalen Sami, those two guys have been around um, for, for quite a while at this point. Isaiah Lewis, though, is right there with them in terms of contributing over the last, what, three or so years. Um, you look through the other veterans and... You know, Jamar is rotated in. Uh, Jamar Montgomery is rotated in for the last couple years. Um, there's stuff like that, but it, it really has been Isaiah Lewis who has kind of been the, the mainstay. And you hope that that comes with some ability to kind of run the defense out there. And I'm trying to remember now. I don't... So I know that the 2020 season... Um, there are basically two rounds of checks and calls being made. You know, you have Nate in the middle of the defense doing the bulk of the work, but then you also have Darian Rakestraw at the back end who who was kind of saying like, okay, coverage-wise, we got to tweak this little thing, that little thing, whatever. Um, and that's how that was set up. I'm not sure, actually, if those responsibilities went to Mark Perry or to Isaiah Lewis. Those would be the two that I'd bet on. There's a chance they could send it to a cornerback. It'd be kind of weird, though. Um this year, though, just because a lot of the other stuff is kind of up in the air at safety, you wouldn't be surprised if it's Isaiah Lewis kind of running that show back there. It would make a lot of sense. You know, easily the most experienced player in the secondary. Um, and, you know, just to dig into his game a little bit, you know, athletically, probably nothing special, right? Um, but, but a very sound player, a good tackler. Um, we mentioned yesterday when we were talking about the way the, the coverage worked. You know, he was the safety who was typically assigned to the tight end in man coverage. Uh, so that meant that he uh, he drew Weidermeyer in that Texas A&M game. He got beat a couple times, uh, as you'd expect when you're going up against a tight end like that. You know, we, we talked about how Kalen Moore just isn't a total eraser the way that Christian Gonzalez is. He just makes the windows small enough that you can say, yeah, that's a solid cornerback. With Isaiah Lewis, it's kind of that same thing where it's like, okay, 
this isn't a guy who's going to be flying around. You're not saying like, okay, if we if we run to the right side of the defense, better watch out because Isaiah is going to be crashing down. There's going to be big hits. There's going to be fumbles. There's going to be short gains, all that sort of stuff. It might get caught in the backfield. No, that's not him. But in terms of making a play from the safety spot, five yards downfield, six, yeah, he, he, he can handle himself, and he's not going to miss those tackles. Um, and coverage-wise, obviously, he's, he's not going to just erase the other team's tight end. But he's he's going to he's going to give you solid contributions, um, and I do think that in another world, his job could kind of be up for grabs. You know, there there could be some young safeties who you look at and say like, hey, if if these two juniors are are ready to go, or maybe a sophomore, junior, whatever, well, maybe just because they have the 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 athletic ability that they have, you could see how they could jump over Isaiah Lewis and kind of make him that third guy. Um, because of the way the roster is built, I do think that Isaiah Lewis's role in this defense is pretty safe. And honestly, it might be... It's it's one of the most safe jobs on this team, in my opinion. Um, just running through quickly, quarterback, obviously nobody has that job locked up. Running back... Uh, Fontenot, Ramon Jefferson, they'll battle it out. Deion Smith, and Fontenot's kind of the guy, but his job isn't as safe as Isaiah Lewis's. Brady Russell at tight end, there's one that is very safe. Um, the receivers, maybe you give R.J. Sneed um, the, a, a fairly safe title, but not on the Isaiah Lewis level. Um, offensive line, everything's up in the air. Casey Roddick, probably the safest to be in the starting lineup. Maybe Frank Phillip, but uh, Tommy Brown, maybe. Um, the fact that you can't pick one, though, and, and there's probably eight guys competing makes you think not as safe as Isaiah Lewis. Defensive line, like you could look at Terrence Lang and say, like, there's no way he's coming off the field. Jalen Sami, um, those those would be some actual decent competition. Um, new defensive line coach, though, so I guess that's worth noting, but I'd be surprised if th- those guys are pretty close to Isaiah Lewis territory. Then linebackers, like maybe Guy Thomas, just because of what we saw early in the year, but you know he got hurt. We didn't see as much of him as we would have liked. Um, Chance Main comes in if Joshka or Jamar or Devin Grant even plays well. Could guy be out? I I put him just behind Isaiah Lewis at cornerback. I mean, nope, not not in Isaiah. Lewis. So looking through inside linebacker like Quinn Perry. I, maybe Robert Barnes probably an even better argument except for the fact that he didn't even he wasn't even a part of the base defense last year for the most part so I do think that Isaiah Lewis is the start of this conversation at safety and we actually saw him get moved around quite a bit and maybe that's the other thing worth noting here before we move along last year he basically just played that strong safety spot he was strong safety start to finish and personally I like it and I think that's what I'd do with him this year and just have everybody else compete for those other jobs especially I mean it's a little bit scheme dependent um but I I I do like that idea in the 2020 season though we saw him play uh the the strong safety free safety he was playing that that nickel spot the star spot so who who really knows where he'll fit in but just because you have so much competition I'd be pretty tempted just to lock him in at strong safety, rotate other guys through the other spots, and then figure out where you're at after spring and and 
if that makes sense. You know, just try some other guys at free safety, see if somebody fits well. And um, if you want to tweak things in, in fall or whatever, go ahead. But that, that'd be my thought. Um, I mentioned he's a senior. Last year of eligibility. So as, as you look forward, you know, these, these other guys that we're about to talk about, the buffs are going to need contributors um, probably probably need at least three safeties out of this group next season for the 2023 season. You've got to find probably two more for this upcoming season. And uh, let's, let's dig into who those guys might be first though. Sexy pizza is the best pizza in the Denver Metro area. They have a whole bunch of different locations and uh, they, like I said, it's just really, really good pizza. They have all the different sides you could ask for, you know, garlic knots, all that sort of stuff. They have gluten-free options. They have vegan options. Really, there's something for everyone. And again, how picky can you really be about pizza? Um, when I say it's just the best pizza, it's like, well, does it include whatever? No, it's it's pizza. It's pretty simple. If it's the best one, it's the best one. It's hand-tossed. It's deck oven pizza. They make, it, they make the dough from scratch every day. And uh, they also have five specialty pies that they call philanthropies, and a portion of the sale of each of those pies winds up going to a range of different nonprofits in Colorado. It's really cool stuff. Uh, they support the community. They've been part of the community for 13 years, and they really take pride in that part. They've got locations in Cap Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, Park Hill, and they've actually got a new location right now in Trinidad, Colorado. So definitely pick up some sexy pizza. Also, want to give a shout out to Ripple. Uh, so Ripple, for those who don't know, it is this powder that you, it's like an old packet, you rip off the top of the packet, you pour it in like a drink or in food or in I mean, just straight on your tongue, and it's inedible. So it hits two times faster than the leading gummy. It starts absorbing within 10 minutes, so you can depend on a consistent experience every time. It's it's flavorless. It's, uh, it's like it's not even happening. It's really good stuff, so definitely check that out um, and, and check it out at Colorado's Premier Dispensary. That's Lightshade Dispensary with 11 Denver Metro and Aurora locations. Uh, it's the best place to go, and podcast listeners can get 25% off all non-sale items with the code DMVR. Shop online at lightshade.com for pickup or visit a Lightshade location near you. Cool. Um, into these other safeties, though, because, I mean, we really knocked the easy part out there. Um, and, and honestly, what makes the rest of this conversation so challenging is that of the other five, probably you call it five safeties who will be on the roster this season, only one of them has gotten real playing time so far, and that's Trevor Woods. So, so we're going to hit him next. Trevor is a part of a class of three true sophomores who will be a part of this team. This is behind Isaiah Lewis. These are the next players up. So you got a senior, a red shirt senior who played with a COVID year. So, I mean, like a double red shirt senior. And then next up, you have these three true sophomores who, again, haven't seen a lot of. Getting back to Trevor Woods. So his role really increased later in the season. That's not even fair. So, so week 10, that was the Oregon State game. 
Um, he, he had 39 snaps there. He had 42 the week before that. I think that was Oregon, 31 the week before that. But then, I mean, outside of that, didn't play all that much late. I think he had that nagging shoulder injury that knocked him out of one game. And uh, then he played kind of sparingly. I, I don't know if he was just, like, testing it out. or I mean, that, that last one, he had three special team snaps. It could also just be pro football focus counting these things wrong, if I'm being just totally honest. Um, so, again, early in the season, not all that much. It was really after the bye for that four-week stretch where we really saw a lot of him before he got hurt. Um, I think that there's a, a few things that jump out when you look at how he played. Um, I, I think, first of all, he played a lot of free safety with Isaiah Lewis at strong safety. Um, he did move around a little bit, though, and they used him a little bit differently in different weeks. So if we're trying to put him in some sort of box, I mean, long-term, honestly, I think I like him better at strong safety. I, I, I would like, I think, Mark Perry, or that Mark Perry type kind of deep, just pure speed. Um, and, and Trevor's fast, but when you have I mean, like a Torn Pittman on the roster, guys like that, it's like, can, can you get a little more juice there, let Trevor be a little bit more of a thumper in the box? I that, that, That's my first inclination. But again, we haven't seen a whole lot of these guys. Um, I think, you know, there's... The cover stats aren't great. I mean, you can kind of take your pick, and, and there isn't a whole lot. I guess the, the passer rating allowed... Um, he, he, he allowed a 70 NFL passer rating when he was targeted this season. Again, that's only eight targets though. So it's not like it's this huge sample size outside of that. Um, not, not like ideal stuff there. Um, in the Minnesota game, they did, uh, they, they brought him in, in a little to, it was almost like this heavier look, you know, that's, that's where we saw him line up. Um, in the slot a couple times, um, just in the box quite a bit before they did move him back to, to a little bit more of a free safety role later in the season. Um, also, this might be random, but they brought him in. 12 of the 13 plays that he was in for were run defense. So again, you don't know whether the offense is running or passing before the snap, but you know if it's a third and long, you have a good inclination and... You do wonder if they kind of tried him out initially to, to see if he could be kind of that, that heavy star type of guy or bring him down in the box, whatever, um, and, and then um, change things up a little bit later, sort of out of necessity. Um, he made some really good plays. The most notable probably is uh, the blocked punt that he, he returned for touch and blocked it and returned um, against Arizona. That was the week he was the special teams player of the week. Um that again, most most notable of the big plays. You know, I do think I, I think Trevor is definitely the favorite to be the the other starting safety for CU. Um, I, I also think that there's a real chance that the Buffs look to the portal. Um, just to it'll depend on spring ball. Well, I guess you have to get a grad transfer. That's probably fine. That's who you'd be looking for. You there's a lot of young talent. It's just whether you trust those guys to to be the bulk of what you're going to do at safety this season. So you'd be looking for a grad transfer regardless. Um let's see. Uh Torn Pittman, maybe maybe is next up. You know, I, I 
it's tough because I think down the line, the idea of Torin Pittman as your uh, free safety, the idea of Trevor Woods as your strong safety, I like that. Because Isaiah Lewis, I like it strong safety, I think that you probably have Trevor Woods at free safety this year. And so maybe this this is kind of a competition between Pittman and Woods that Woods could kind of have like, or sorry, Pittman could kind of have the, the upper hand in just because I think that you know, he is more of that lanky type. You know, I think he was listed 6'4", 190 last year, uh, which is very lanky. We haven't seen him play. I don't know that he's taken a defensive snap before. Uh, he's he's played a lot of special teams. He's a gunner on special teams. Plays, I think, kick coverage, punt coverage, and kickoff. So they have him doing a whole bunch of different stuff. Uh, but at some point, I think he's going to obviously get that opportunity to play. And when you look through what the buffs have at the position and it's it's kind of his turn to be that guy if he's ready to take that step um the the other sophomore is a juco transfer jeremy mack um again like not not all that much tape out there on jeremy mack um but what we can say is that he was a, a first team all conference juco player as a freshman last year um Carl Carl mentioned that he uh, he's he has like the ball skills. He has kind of a cornerback's footwork, but plays safety. Um, potential to play like free safety. Potential to play in the slot. Um, and and I mean throw Tyler and Taylor in here too. You know, a, a cornerback. We talked about him yesterday, but he did play some safety, specifically that slot star type of role. Could could that also be where Jeremy Mack fits in? Definitely. Um, I think they're going to move him around quite a bit. I think they're going to move all these guys around a little bit. Um, it'll be a challenge because he's coming from the JUCO ranks, but at the same time, he has the benefit of actually playing real football um, for uh, an entire season. He was out on the field, so I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't overlook him either. Honestly, his competition is just wide open. Um, and then we'll, we'll wrap things up here. The Buffs do have two freshmen coming in, uh, Dylan Dixon, Xavier Smith. Both of those guys are on campus already. They're going to be competing in spring ball, so that really helps. Uh, Dylan Dixon out of Texas, 6'2", 190. He was actually Colorado's number one recruit, according to the 24-7 sports composite rankings. So, again, that's just a little bit more reason to keep an eye on him. Um, he is probably more of that box type of safety in my mind. Um, but it, it's just so hard to say until they get out there. I think for that star position, though, he could be a, a pretty good fit. Um, had a bunch of offers. Uh, Arizona State, Missouri, Tennessee, and and chose Colorado, as you'd expect for your top recruit. He had some other offers. Um, and uh, I, I think there's a real chance he gets on the field, too. Um, I, I think there's a real chance that Oki Salvea winds up being a, a safety as well. And obviously, for him, he's probably more that box safety. But if if things don't work out at quarterback, I wouldn't be surprised if pretty quickly they'd, they'd move him over to a, a safety job. Um, yeah, I think I mean, just general thoughts. General thoughts, I like having Brett Maxey as, as the coach of this room. I think that he's somebody who can I think I think he can do well with these young guys. 
Um, not that he wouldn't do well with others, but I think that it kind of takes a special skill set to be like, okay, here we go. We got to get these young guys ready to play football. And, and I think Brett is so experienced that, first of all, he's he's seen a lot of football. He's played a lot of football. He's taught a lot of football. And I think that it's going to be pretty easy for him to, to look at these guys and say, okay, here's what we need to do. We need to... to if tweak this and this and this and then you're at least passable we can at least get you on the field and we won't have an issue just because i think he'll, he kind of has that eye for those those small shortcomings um those kind of the, the quick fixes that make big impacts uh, so i definitely uh I, I like that aspect but i also think just the energy is going to be good for them um you know not not the like talker he he is a talker he's not a screamer and i think that with such a young group if you take that military style approach of f this f that blah, 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 like there's just not time for that with these guys you just need to sharpen them up sharp sharpen them up sharpen them up um i know that isaiah is going to be very valuable in that room with all these young safeties I think that the experience that he has and just the the way he carries himself, that's a honestly might even be what makes him most valuable this year. Um, and, and short conversations with Trevor Woods, and honestly, that might be the only guy outside of Isaiah Lewis that I've met in this room. I don't remember talking to Torrin Pittman ever, um, but I know that Trevor is also just kind of that, and he's he's a, he's a bright kid and he's a very focused kid and I think that Brett Maxey with Isaiah Lewis and Trevor Woods kind of being the guys who have, have seen action at CU I think that that's a really good start and kind of like core vibe for the room because to be honest I mean this is kind of a rebuilding year back there too you know we, t- we talked about it plenty with these cornerbacks but this is uh this is going to be a challenging year this is going to be a very challenging year um, Trevor Woods, if if he's playing at USC, is is he starting games this year? Probably not. At Colorado, absolutely. And you know, I think it's easy to come out of high school and say, "Well, I want to go where I can play," and that makes sense. But it's really hard to play competitive Power Five football, and and because of that, there's going to be growing pains. And it. Obviously, for Trevor Woods, for Torrin Pittman, for whoever winds up being out there, Dylan Dixon this season, I think that it obviously will pay off a couple years down the line, um, kind of like it has with Isaiah Lewis, where you know there's mistakes you see early on, and now at this point, it's like, yeah, this is a very solid, clean football player. He might not be just lighting up uh, whoever he's he's going up against. But he is like he's he's going to go out and do his job and and typically do it well. So, uh, I mean that's theme of the team, right? Like it's uh, who knows what you're gonna get? You know, if Dylan Dixon gets out there and you're saying like, oh wow, this guy's something special, that's gonna be a lot of fun because there's nothing better than a true freshman who comes in and belongs. And honestly, there was a little bit of that with Trevor Woods last year too that we probably shouldn't overlook. Um, at the same time though, there will be growing pains. There will be mistakes back there. I I guarantee you that at least once this season, 
There will be a long touchdown allowed by a missed tackle from one of these safeties, a blown coverage from one of these safeties, whatever. And it sucks, and, you know, it's not to make excuses, but you know what's going to happen because how could it possibly not? Uh, I think that's all my thoughts. We was able to keep this one pretty short today. Um, I think I'll be back at some point over the weekend. Uh, depending on how things go. Uh, Got to watch the end of this game, though. Buffs up to our, our friend Julia Lacella. Julia Lacella, she was like the goalie for, I think she four years she was the goalie. A first-team All-American as a freshman, a sophomore, something like that. The the reason that team, one of the key reasons that team was so good. Uh, got a little shout-out there. <laughs> like that timeout. Um, let's see. 16-14, five minutes to go. I better uh, I better tune in. Hopefully, hopefully next time we talk, the buffs will be ranked. Uh, that's uh, that's gonna do it for today, and we will talk soon.